my bed is a spaceship. The tree in the sea. Chapter eight. For ping, for ping. Mr. Hippo and First Officer Zip lay under the mighty motion, fixing the force field of the ship, whilst Curtis lay on the duvet and looked up at all of the branches, leaves, and berries on the tree in the sea. It was one of the most relaxing and peaceful places he had ever been to. The flower birds flew around him, singing and pecking lightly on his hands and face. This was until their shoots, which were attached to the tree, all got jumbled up, and they would freeze in mid-air. They would then uncoil themselves and start again. It kept making Curtis giggle. All shipshape, Captain. First Officer Zip said to Curtis. <laughs> and old berries stored on the bed, <laughs> said Mister Hippo, chewing on a berry with green pictures of a hummingbird. Curtis told So 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 his plan, and then they were ready to take off. All the bird plants and various other creatures came on to all of the branches to wave them goodbye. The whole tree was alive with different colors, shapes, and sounds, urging the spacemates to succeed. So, can you guess what the plan is? First Officer Zip asked Mr. Hippo. Um, um. Save the tree," Mr. Hippo replied, and then shrugged. "Yes, but how?" "Um," Mr. Hippo shrugged again. "Well, indeed," replied First Officer Zip. "The big meteor that nearly hit us is the right size to go under the tree. To get it there, we are going to use some of the metal from the Iron Planet. We are." Asked Mr. Hippo. We are. We are. We are. Replied the other spacemates. The top and the bottom half of the planet have an opposite charge, or whatever Grandpa Tub called it. Said Curtis. It means that if we put some metal from the top half of the meteor, and then have a huge chunk from the bottom of the planet on the bed, the meteor will follow us. Why? Asked Mr. Hippo. Because then it is like a magnet. One will want to join the other. Will it work? Asked Mr. Hippo. If my calculations are correct, replied the Scroll of the Galaxies. All the spacemates moved closer to hear the Scroll's response. No. 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 The spacemates replied together. Correct. Though I have been wrong on many previous occasions, the one thing I would like to ask, Curtis began, is won't the metal on the bed stick to the planet of iron? Indeed, correct. Indeed, just like a magnet," replied First Officer Zip. "That's what my calculations suggested," said the scroll. "Why, indeed, didn't you say anything?" asked First Officer Zip. Didn't want to worry you," replied the scroll. "What if we bounce on the surface?" asked Curtis, remembering bouncing his rubber ball on the sticky floor of the garden. If he bounced it hard enough, it never got stuck. Bounce," thought the scroll out loud. 
It rolled its eyes backwards as it thought. After a few moments, the scroll winked at Curtis. If my calculations are correct, it might just, sort of, well, possibly, well, work. We would need very bouncy rubber indeed, said First Officer Zip. Is there a planet with such rubber? asked Curtis. Yes, yes, yes. Well, there used to be a... What do you call it? asked the scroll. Um, yes, bouncy planet. Uh, um, yes, bouncy planet. Set a course to the bouncy planet, First Officer Zip, Curtis ordered politely. Indeed I shall, he replied, smiling. Lightning motion sped at hyperspeed in its direction. The best thing about the bouncy planet is that it is extremely bouncy. For instance, if you dropped a penny on the surface from the height of a tree, it would still be bouncing there a year later. Curtis flew the mighty motion to just above the surface of this purple, yellow and grey planet. It was completely barren, apart from a few large lakes which were popping and bubbling underneath. The lakes were of a yellow colour and gave off a smell of freshly baked sausage rolls. If my calculations are correct, said the scroll, we can coat the entire force field with the liquid in the lake. Mercury magic, said Curtis. Problem is, continued the scroll, we won't be able to see anything. Well, that is not good indeed, said First Officer Zip. Unless, said Curtis, coming up with another great idea, we use the broom as a sort of windscreen wiper. The spacemates leant to the left as Mr Hippo pulled up the mattress on the right. In the large chamber beneath them were many tools, including a large broom. When Grandpa Tub had fixed the bed, he had thought of everything. After pressing a few buttons, they pushed the head of the broom through the force field. Mr Hippo held on to the end as Curtis expertly lowered the mighty motion into the boiling lake. Fa-ping! Fa-ping! Went the lake as they lowered themselves down. The force field fizzled and within seconds they were surrounded by yellow, gooey slime. Curtis had to pull full on the thruster to power their way out of the lake. He did so, but then slipped when the now yellow bed was over land. The craft fell to the floor and sunk into the ground. It was then catapulted so fast into the air that they left the planet entirely. With Mr Hippo sweeping the broom across the force field in order to remove the slimy bouncy stuff, they made their way to the Iron Planet.